A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Josh Brown, it's not the wind-up on a Monday. It's actually a Friday night, my friend. It's 20 past five. On a Friday, we've both got very busy days and many days ahead of us, so we're pre-recording a wind-up, but we hope that next week goes well. Hope there's lots of different things to get excited about. Hopefully, GTA's been patched and stuff. You never know. (laughs) They might do bits and pieces with it. um, But yeah, you can go over to the YouTube channel. You can find a whole bunch of me and Josh talking about the Grand Theft Auto, the Definitive Edition trilogy, all the different things that are kind of up in in flames with that uh, series of games so far. But... That's not to say that they're not completely unsalvageable. And to be honest, we've both been having a nice old time with them. So we kind of just thought we'd talk about them as video games, actually talk about the positives, talk about what it feels like to revisit Grand Theft Auto 20 years later. And because you, unlike me, aren't an absolute madhead and haven't been living on (laughs) the original GTA trilogy in 2021 anyway. So what's your thoughts? You went back to Grand Theft Auto 3 for the first time in how long? God, a long time. 10, 15 (laughs) years, maybe? Grand Theft Auto, um, San Andreas... I have no nostalgia for, weirdly enough. That was one that just completely missed me, me as a kid. Me. Well, it's because, right, you go back to those releases. Also, hello, everyone. This is really nice. This is kind of like <laughs> the wind down for us. But also, I know I didn't even, I didn't even, it's not coming out next week. I didn't even do the proper intro. I just sort of did like a, whatever I said. Like I said, it's late. It's past five o'clock. But I said something. And then I, I should have said, I'm Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. The energy is high. Hello, Scott blah. Zilford. How are you doing? Yeah. Yes, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 is a, is a game I've not played for a long time. Um, but going back to it has been, you know, incredibly fascinating mm. to play it as um, a game for once. I've not played that in so long. And I've never really played it as a proper game, which might sound weird. But when I was younger, and I was talking to my partner about this um, last mm. night because she similarly played it like me, played a lot of these games, but didn't really do the story missions. Like when well, I was the, yeah. little, I was more into spending tens if not hundreds of hours just causing anarchy in the streets (laughs) putting on the cheats and having fun to the point where the mission design was not something um i kind of was cognizant about or really cared all that much about so it's fascinating going back to it now playing the missions as they were as the game was intended to be played (laughs) and having a different experience to um what i had when i was younger because I feel like everybody had that friend who, like, you give them GTA and you went like, this is brilliant. This is the, the next generation of everything. And then I might, it was my, 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 uh, my best friend, Mr. Simon Wilkinson, who I give it to him and I was like, this is the best thing ever. And he just did wanted missions for 20, 30, 40 hours. <laughs> never got past. Even the first opening level, I had to go over to his house and we like used to do different cheats to get over to the different islands, try and see more of the game because he was just going on endless crime sprees over and over again. But I feel like that's a, absolutely a type of old school GTA fan. I have no idea why this is the case. I don't know if it's because I 
maybe my memory card was corrupted. Maybe I played it at someone else's house. But every time I played GTA 3, I cared mm-hmm. so little about the missions that I wouldn't even save the game. So every time I booted the game up, I had to do those first missions where you kind of bust no. out your um, jail card. And I had to do like the two Why did you not save it? Because <laughs> that's how little I cared about it. And I just jump in. This and like, is madness. I have to sit through those cutscenes every time. So I've seen that opening mission of GTA 3 yeah. a million times. It was hilarious watching. <laughs> it play out again knowing every line and uh-huh. only knowing them as like a means to the end something to get through so mm-hmm. i could go wild in a fire engine for a little bit so did you so over the years like that was you when you first played it did you go back did, have you ever seen more than the first island of gta 3 i've seen more than the first island i went back to you know obviously i would do the missions to open the islands up mm. i don't think i finished gta 3 and vice city was the game that i played properly it's mm. quote unquote you know that's the one i did the story missions for so you matured yeah, a lot in that so, first yeah. year in those I years a lot in that one year maybe i finally figured out how to save the game maybe that was <laughs> it um, and i cared more about the missions in that game and obviously you know opened it up way more but yeah three um is one that i've only messed about in essentially mm. Vice City, I played to death, played the story in San Andreas, have no nostalgia for whatsoever. That, I mean, that, that, like I said, that that breaks and wounds me. San Andreas was absolutely released in the middle of me and my friend Steve's big rap phase, which we just, we were <laughs> we were loving that stuff. It was like the gamified version of everything that we were loving about all that music. But um, to talk about GTA 3, like we talked about um, that difference between sort of like latter day Rockstar and the early Rockstar and the fact that back in the day, they were just, you can tell when you play those old missions that it's just really basic AI scripts just just let loose it's just sort of like six vans are going to come after you and they've been told to target wherever you are so like go figure it out go figure out how to destroy them figure out how to get away from them or like you know there's a target on the run and they're just they're just programmed to do loops around the city so figure out how you want to take them out and I love that approach I think that whole sandbox style um, approach to old school GTA is what they very much got away from and I know that we've done podcasts on that anyway but um, as someone who prefers the cinematic stuff how have you found I guess the mission the actual mission design and like have you had any fun with that stuff I, d- I definitely have had a lot of fun because like you say you know it's so different and it's so funny going back to it after so long like i'm fascinated um to what people who've never played gta 3 um, mm-hmm. think of gta 3 going in it for the first time because like you said the mission designs in the length of the missions in their structure are just so antiquated not necessarily in a bad way but certainly mm-hmm. in a jarring way if you're used to modern gta games or any modern games at all like i was laughing to myself last night about how so many missions in early gta 3 are like pick up your mate Dave and go and buy some cigs from the shop around the corner. You know what I mean? And that's all you do. And it pops up and it's like, you've just got 10 grand for doing that. And I'm like, well, the thing like is the like, easiest job in the world. Is this what being a criminal was like? I do it, Scott. It's piss easy. Do you remember though? Because back in the day, like, I mean, we're going all the way back to like 2001 for GTA 3. And it was like, you know, yeah, there were like some open world spaces in games, like Ocarina of Time's Big Field or something, but it was nothing like what this did, where like you're going to a specific part of the map and accepting a mission and doing a thing. And yeah, even the, the whole hybrid thing, even the idea of walking on two legs and then getting in a car <laughs> and that being a thing you could do simultaneously, that was incredible. Only Driver 2 did that and did it way worse, plus all the shooting mechanics and stuff. So I think, like I said to you before they came out, I was like, I'm looking forward to like just seeing what the general reception is for people who who don't realize how primitive that was and how mind-blowing that was at the time, because that is part of the charm for me. But like that early set of missions, like you said, it is literally, I mean, there's a, there's a mission at the beginning of 3 where it's just go take this lady on a night out, take her to a 
club, she dances a bit, and then you avoid the police and go back home again. That's all it is. And so, like, it's that it is, and also go and get a car, go get it resprayed. Like, it's all those really easy and more early, like, furtive missions that would become crazy cinematic stuff over time. So, I get a lot of charm out of going back to those things. Um, but to sort of pivot into one of the things that they've got that they, you know, they're sort of selling the game on is like the new aiming controls. Um, what do you think of the actual base gameplay, like the actual like shooting a man in the faceness of it? Well, this is kind of why those primitive game um, design quirks and why those primitive mission types mm. still work. Because for me, at least, the game is still fun to play and fun to control when mm-hmm. you're driving and you're moving and you're exploring the world and you're picking people up and you're dropping people off. Like, it feels responsive. It feels good. It feels a little bit cartoony. Mm-hmm. And that does kind of stop a little bit when you have to do gunfights, especially in GTA 3. And I know it improves as the series goes on, but in GTA 3, um, it's 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 unfun, especially early, <laughs> to get into any kind of gunfight, especially uh-huh. with the new controls that they've had. I briefly touched upon this in the um, news video we did today, mm-hmm. but uh, the lock-on control that you have for the weapons absolutely suck like they're so spongy and weird so spongy you can never lock onto the person you want to do you (laughs) get shot by someone else you end up having to restart the whole thing because obviously you know there are no checkpoints in this game you have to restart the mission entirely if you get busted Mm. or if you die or whatever but that's even that is hilarious though because they didn't even that is a new new checkpoint it's right. like it used to be that you would go to the hospital or you go to the police station you got to drive back to start the mission again that's what they've added but it's it's yeah, not very much at all weird auto save but it's kind of mm. like it saves you a bit of time of course but ultimately it's still very frustrating and um, if you get killed when it's not your fault and because the controls are just uh, freaking <laughs> out my biggest piece of advice to anyone playing gta 3 is to turn that lock on off just do free aim and you know Ooh. this shit was still not good but it's for me. It's much better. You See, for me, face there. No one else saw that face you made, but I. No, did. I did. I did a little yeah. ooh face because I. It's literally because it's the it's the new it's the quote unquote new version of aiming that they've put in because you can put it back to you can put it back to classic if you want, um, yeah. which I quite like my muscle because you can also change the controls back to the regular one if you want um, and just play it like old school GTA but with the new graphics, which is kind of cool. And um, because I just sheer muscle memory has me aiming with R one and shooting with circle, which I know is madness in twenty twenty one, but it's still that's what feels right. The thing is, like, going between the Definitive Edition and the regular GTA 3, or the one that was re-released in 2015, that aiming model in the original, I still think is way snappier than the new one that they've put in. Like, um, in terms of, I'm going to hold a button, and I'm going to, like, to aim, and I'm going to hold another button to fire, that just, you get there in terms of killing people so much faster than you do in the new one, unless you futz with the sensitivity. But even yeah. then, it's a, it's a roll of the dice whether or not the game actually decides that the person shooting at you is who you're supposed <sighs> to aim at. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I mean, obviously, I think if people are coming to these games who already love the originals and are mm. much more familiar with the original control schemes, like, yeah, change them back and enjoy them that way. Mm-hmm. For me, um, they were actually one of the biggest reasons I never revisited the older games. As mm. a as an adult, as a grown-up, I tried to get back into Vice City a few years ago. I bought it on PlayStation 4, and I bought the PlayStation 2 copy again for when I oh. bought PlayStation 2. Uh-huh. I tried to get that into a few times, and I've never finished it because in the later missions, I just found the controls to be unwieldy and unresponsive and unfun. When you get into to those bigger shootouts mm-hmm. and i'm hoping the new aiming system fixes that the further i get into the game but uh, yeah for me i would maybe disagree just because even though they're not bad necessarily 
uh, for me, my it's, personal it's, taste, they're a little bit antiquated. They're a little bit frustrating. No, I, I mean, the thing, I was just going to say that. I mean, I'm I'm still on the new, the quote-unquote new aiming, where it's like aim assist right. or whatever it's called, because there's aim assist, free aim, and classic or something. So I'm on the, the I keep, I, it is new, but it's like trying to ape GTA 4 onwards. So I'm on that, struggling on with it. I've not died in GTA myself in a mission in, what, six, 17 years? And then yeah. in this one, um, I, it was like the first time I had to take out one of the Diablos guys, and it was like, take out these two guys that arrived in this car so I was like cool I'll ram them off the road and then I'll walk up and I'll shoot them in the face and then the aiming thing went no you won't there's an NPC over there <laughs> shooting the pedestrian on the path and stuff and the Diablos guy just got out of the car and shot me instead and I was like that's the first time I've actually been wasted in a GTA game like from an yeah. NPC in a long time um, but my point is that I'm sticking to the new stuff because I'm forcing myself to be like no this is the new way to play this is what they've worked on I have to use this free aim is also new like you said um, but in my head like the new aim assist thing is them shooting for GTA 4 and 5. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I should respect that and use the new one, even though it's terrible. It's it's interesting that you say that because for me, as much as I do like the, the new stuff that remasters and remakes bring to the table, mm -hmm. there are just certain things that I know I don't like or I know I prefer. For instance, when I play the Resident Evil 1 remake, which in yes. my opinion is not just one of the best remakes of all time, it's one of the best games of all time. Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm. never in my five times of playing that game used the updated controls. I always go back to the very classic well, the tank, tank the rotate tank controls yes. so i don't know how that game plays with the adult why are you doing that why are you doing because, that mate because it's bad because it's, no, it's not. to be played it's so <laughs> <good>. <laughs> that's okay that's that's a level of uh, dedication to our, an original control scheme that i can very much respect as someone who is promoting the original gta targeting yeah. but that's also a little bit mad that's a little Maybe. bit head mad Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe I've got the sickness for Resident Evil that you do have for GTA. Because I love that you couldn't just push like left or right on the analog stick. You've got to go. No, I need to rotate that way and then run forward. Like just no, I don't. I don't. I can't go immediately left. That's crazy. That'll break everything. It's because if you have the uh, the analog stick controls in Resident Evil, you can just like run circles around the zombies. I don't yeah. want it to be that easy. I don't no. want it to be that easy, my friend. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Well, you know, me and you are from a very specific strand of human being that will say that the tank controls very much contribute to the survival horror feeling of it. And I am a million percent behind that defense. If I ever did a video defending tank controls, it would be that they are a fundamental part of why those games are so scary. I don't know what the hell we were talking about other than weird aiming controls. I don't know if you had anything else to say about the free game stuff, because I'm going to try that tonight. I'm going to try um, different approaches to it um, across all three games, because it is weird. Oh, go on. No, no, you go on. Well, I was just saying, it is weird that you have to set all three things across all three separate games. Like, it, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but like, you can't you can't have a universal uh, control scheme or a universal feel to those games, even though they have tried to match them all up. But they haven't retroactively added things like a crouch to GTA Three. They haven't added like the dodge roll from San Andreas into Vice City. They've like there is still an uptick through those three games, which isn't in the likes of the Crash Bandicoot trilogy or Mass Effect or whatever. Like, there's not a homogeneity to the way they've approached it, which yes. is a whole separate conversation because I think that's bit of a disappointment um but it's a bit weird like is it it's almost like they're trying to replicate the feeling of going from one game to the next few sequels but um at the same time like as i'm dabbling in all three i've mostly stuck with san andreas the most um because that is that and vice city on my top two um it is that thing where i i double back in gta 3 at two in the morning to do a little bit before uh today's shift and i was like oh i'll uh, do a bit of gta 3 and there's so much not there that's in san andreas like in terms well, of crouching and hiding and whatever yes. headshots and everything else yeah you've actually perfectly already segued into what i was going <laughs> to ask because before we started recording you know we were talking about this i've only played gda3 i'm going through them in order i'm not doing the big dip like i know you love to do i do how does the aiming and the controls and the fluidity of combat um get better as the series progresses because you mentioned stuff like you know the crouch in san andreas making some kind of makeshift cover system yep. like gda3 is very rudimentary it's very straightforward it's very primitive in the way combat Aim works but from what you were saying to me before recording, it sounds like there's much more to it, at least from a tactile and visceral perspective as you yeah. go on. It's just giving you options. Like, I mean, it's not, um, it's not night and day. Like, it's, it is right. those things where, because any any sort of third person shooter uh, these days, you know, you approach a combat scenario. There's a bunch of different goons, and if you're anything like me, then you start scanning the environment. It's okay. Well, I can hide behind here. I can go behind this corner. I can crouch behind this thing. GTA Three doesn't have that unless you force yourself around a corner or force yourself behind a van or something, and then you can class that as a cover system. But it's not really GTA Three's all, missions are all based around hold the left trigger and then hit the right trigger and shoot everybody or. or 
R1 and Circle. Whereas in Vice City, they started bringing in like more specific places to take cover, and there's loads of them in San Andreas. Like there's a bit at the start of San Andreas where you're taking a, a train back from like a, one of the rival gangs, and there's just random dumpsters everywhere. There's no reason why they would be in the road, but there are. And uh, you can <laughs> run up to them and crouch behind them. And um, you could kind of do this in the original one, but thanks to the new lock-on system, in theory, um, sort of sometimes targeting people as they come in and out of cover, like further down the road, let's say, in this mission, you can pop in and out of cover and take people out in a way that is like actually using a cover system. But it's it feels like you're almost gaming the system doing that because it's like, well, I'm going to manually crouch. And also they've changed the fact that you can't rotate on the spot while you're crouched anymore. If you're aiming, uh, CG rolls to the left or right, which in the original you used to have to press jump and left or right to like manually do it. Whereas now it just automatically does it, which is just it just feels weird, Josh Brown. It's a weird thing. <laughs> and I had to get used to it. But point being that um, you have more options, like you have a more sort of reliable cover system. You can go duck behind something and the new aiming system might let you, or it did let in my case, let me tag a few different guys further down. I was actually having a gunfight for a change as opposed to most GTAs. Um, it's just hold the left trigger and a whole, whole bit of your aiming thing is shoot and just hope for the best. Like that was why, um, I don't know if you remember Vice City's missions that much, but the death row mission where you've got to save Lance. Yes, um, yes, yes. It's like down in history is one of the hardest missions of all time, but it's because it's <laughs> awkward as hell. Like it's just 20 dudes and you with a rifle hoping the, the lock on gets you through. You could say that about like five <laughs> missions and it would be applicable. Like that game is oh God, awesome. Yeah. Part of the reason why I put it down as well, because it's just so finicky and frustrating, especially <laughs> doing some of like the side stuff. Infuriating. And uh, not mm-hmm. to completely move on to something completely different. No, do it. Uh, if you had anything else to add to that. But I was thinking about what you said earlier about, you know, we, we did a podcast a few weeks ago about the differences between, like you said, the cinematic version of Rockstar Today in the improvisational um, kind of level design and mission design of Rockstar mm. of the past. And that's kind of just what I want to add to what you were saying there about the makeshift sort of cover system, the makeshift sort of combat a lot of what you do in these games at least from what i've experienced so far again mm-hmm. um is so makeshift but that's where a yeah. lot of the fun comes from and i don't think i ever appreciate appreciated that in the mission design mm-hmm. um when i was young i certainly appreciated it in what you could do inside the sandboxes but that kind of thing of like you were saying you know take up these six trucks and just <laughs> have some wacky emergent stories along the way like that can be frustrating but it can also be funny as hell like there were yes. so many times last night even in the opening stretch of a two or three hours or whatever where just wacky stuff was going down like uh-huh. the npcs were coming out of nowhere to wipe me out or I had to like <laughs> dodge out the way throw a grenade and blow everything up blowing myself up in the pro- process mm-hmm. that just you can see why those moments those gaming moments have stuck with the likes of yourself and myself yeah other people for years upon years because they're so unique and when they happen it feels like no one else is going to get that exact replicated experience that to the core is why i prefer older rockstar because it's like right now me and you have had both like we've had different experiences with these exact games whereas with the both of us played red dead redemption 2 gta 5 99 the same way because it's all like go here stand here use this weapon to kill this guy and if you don't you fail whereas like the old ones it's like this guy needs killing and you can spawn in a tank if you want or like spawn in a bazooka or whatever and obviously that's the the cheat side of it but also they encourage you to just 
just just figure it out like do whatever you want and um, I think that that mentality it just it created a sense of it is like improvisational it is experimentational and I just I love that stuff like I think that I wish that the the overall package was tighter um, in terms of, like the frame rate dips and some of yeah. the um, the graphical bugs and stuff because um, there is a really fun old school sandbox feeling to old school GTA that I, I for me Rockstar have got completely away from um, and that's been some of the most fun stuff is just like give me a few targets and I'll figure out how to take them out um, whether that's flying a plane into one guy that's left at the end of the map or something I love that approach and so um, I'll take all that but we should talk about um, another thing that they're sort of like selling it on which is like you know making it look really modern like sort of up, uh, the, the, the new lighting engine and the new weather effects that they've got um, the lighting stuff I think is the most impressive like sometimes it goes a bit too crazy like especially if it's raining um, where even power ups will have massive lens flares across like windows of storefronts and um, yeah. that stuff can look a bit crazy they've actually got lens flare turned off by default which I think is kind of crazy too but um, in terms of the world detail um, that stuff has been like genuinely impressive in terms of like you know you come upon it you turn around a corner and you can see all the way through to like a mountainside on the other side which was never there before mm-hmm. and um, how have you found the, the visuals of it like how did you because everyone's mind re-reses and remasters stuff in their head over time anyway how was yeah. this matched up to what you thought it was going to look like it's kind of weird because when I think I don't even know if this is necessarily true in practice <laughs> but when I think about PlayStation 1 games in particular they have hmm. a certain even if they've got a cartoonish style they have a certain scuzziness and a certain griminess to it right. whether it's GDA or whether it's Crash Bandicoot 2 you know Crash Bandicoot 2 is obviously <laughs> incredibly colourful incredibly uh, cartoony hmm. but it feels a bit grimy it feels a bit like yeah. uh, I hesitate to say this it feels a bit more metal or something you know? it's like very <laughs> angular is very, very I never weird. would have thought Crash Bandicoot 2 would be a little bit more metal, but to be honest, there is a picture post of a Crash 2 where he's throwing the horns up. So Dude, he's, he you got heard it here first on the wind-up. Crash 2 <laughs> is metal as anything. Uh, but yeah, in my head, I always imagine them like that. And with mm. this, obviously, it's doubled down the kind of cartoony art style. It's kind of art style, cartoony art style. <laughs> We're recording this so It is like, a very cartoony art style as well. They've upresed everything. Yes. Yeah, totally. But it's kind of like flattened it out as well, like you said about, mm. you know, the kind of like the flares, the bloom and all that stuff. Um, the rain in GTA 3 is incredibly obnoxious and sometimes I can't see what the hell's going on. Where do on you come down on the rain debate? Because I've already seen that dividing people. I didn't hate it, but I have seen lots of gameplay now, especially in San Andreas, where you, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, the, wild, the, the uh, wilderness sections, if it starts raining, you cannot see a thing. I think it sucks. I think it sucks. <laughs> um, there is something about it where, in my head, again, I don't know if this holds up in practice, but the way I envisioned GTA 3 in my head with the raid was moody, it was atmospheric. Mm. Here, it's an eyesore. Here, it kind of hurts to look at. And I, I prefer it at night when the rain goes away, which I shouldn't be doing, I don't think. There are mm. kind of times where things look too kind of sharp, too crisp, too up res that it kind of like jars it. Sometimes I feel like there's not a holistic art style in there. Obviously there is, mm. um, but that's just kind of a gripe. Other times it can look fantastic. It's just like so much about this experience, inconsistent. And, yes. you know, if you go back and listen to the podcast, we've done it on it before. That's kind of what I was worried about looking at the trailer, looking at the screenshots that it felt like an inconsistent experience and in practice it is, but that doesn't detract from the moments, like you said, where mm. you do get a really beautiful striking image and you think, 
this is why I'm playing it. This yeah, is yeah. I was excited for this in the first place. There's something really interesting going on at the minute. Obviously, it's unfolding. The game's only been out for a couple of days. It's like that whole thing of um, artistically using fog, like to sort of like, if, for example, if you go too high in the world, you can see the entire map across all three games. And that was like one of the things that was introduced in Vice City because you could get a helicopter and you could see like the way that the Vice City map is laid out um, because there's so much like water around everywhere. It looks, it just looks better. Whereas like once you take to the skies in San Andreas, it looks like a Fortnite map. It's like, well, the desert's over yeah. there and the jungle's over there and or the forest, forest rather, is over there. And I think that um, there is that conversation at the minute about like there should be artistic use of fog just because you can remove fog based on uh, LOD level of detailed like, draw distance doesn't mean that you should. Like we learned this with, or developers should have learned this with Silent Hill and there was Arkham Asylum. And it's like, these things can be atmospheric effects. Like I've seen people comparing um, the San Andreas overhaul mod, I think it was from 2014, um, with what it looks like now where even in the mod from years ago, you could take the jetpack up into the sky or fly a plane and stuff. And whoever modded that, they were called it the San Andreas fan team or something, dev team, mod team. Um, they still added fog in a way to make it look like a city from the sky, like a certain level of smog or a certain yeah. way to show distance. Um, and it's that thing where, like I said, they freed up all the draw distance and that does make it look insane from the ground. I love that you can see the city from the grove. Um, I love that you can see like the big tall towers and you're just sort of doing your thing in the grove at the beginning of CJ and San Andreas. Um, you know, hinting at the the arc that he's about to go on, and like I love that, but that's almost accidental because it feels like yes. in everywhere else they've just unlocked all the frame rates and whatever, and it's just gone crazy. Yeah, it's a major pet peeve of mine. You know, like some of the ones you talked about there, the Silent Hill one in particular, you mm. know, Arkham Asylum stuff like that. Um, it's just kind of it. I just physically and mentally cannot understand why the developers would go in and just take it away and not even consider it. Maybe they did, you know, I, don't, I was, wasn't there. Not even consider it as part of the actual art style and not try mm. to replicate it. Like there are so many things that they replicate perfectly well. And then these elements, it's kind of like they just do view as raw technical limitations and they chop yes. it out. And then it's just like, there it is. This is good, isn't it? And you kind of think, well, we'll know because even if in, they in spots. limitations, yeah, they're, they're, they're part of the DNA of the originals, you know, they're, they're, for better or worse, mm -hmm. those limitations become intrinsic to its identity and just getting rid of it, I think, is an overcorrection and it kind of misunderstands a lot of the appeal of the original's art design. There's a lot of it that feels like you can tell they didn't have the original art team like day to day. Like there's a, there's an interview where they yeah. said they interviewed them, but you can just tell that that original um, depth of hand, that original authorship just isn't there. And I think that sort of lets it down in a few key places. Like it feels like it was given to a team to up res and that's what yes. they've done. That's totally it. You know, it, I kind of opened my eyes watching the um, the no clip documentary mm. on Demon Souls and how mm. a Blue Point kind of approached that and kind of just how much they umdenard and scrutinized every single change they made because you know they didn't want to add too much of their own identity in yeah. there. They wanted to keep the um, you know atmosphere of the original and the identity of the original intact, but they also knew that they had to up res and you know it seemed like a really difficult challenge not one that i envy whatsoever and undoubtedly <laughs> it was a difficult challenge um going into something like the gda trilogy mm. but they, I, I agree with what you said you know i'm sure the people at it's grove street games right grove street games yeah it used to be yeah. called wardrum studios yes i mean I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't care about what they were working on i'm not saying that no. they didn't try at all but that level of scrutiny just seems to be missing yeah i think over time it'll shake out that they just weren't given the time to do it properly i although at the same time 
time, you can lean on the fact that they have done this before. They remastered San Andreas for the 10th anniversary stuff and again in 2015. And um, those versions were not very good. There was, uh, If you look at the graphical glitches from back then, they're very similar to what we're getting now. I think a lot of studios as well kind of make the assumption that anyone can do a remaster, anyone mm. can do a remake, but it requires a special um, set of skills to do it properly. I think yeah. Activision made this mistake with Tony Hawk's when we got the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 arcade version. That oh, was the original the, HD one? Yes, the yeah, uh, yeah, HD yeah. one for 360, I think, the mm. 360 arcade. Like That project felt like it was just handed off to a developer because Activision thought, well, it's a remaster, how hard can it be? Yeah. Obviously, that was incredibly controversial nobody liked that fans didn't like it at all <laughs> and then they seemingly learned from that mm. and then when it came to remastering it and remaking it again with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 they actually gave it to Vicarious Visions who did the work mm-hmm. and were you know experienced with remasters and remakes already like I think it's it's kind of like when actors jump into comedy because they think it's easy and then they right. suck like yeah. it's not just this easy thing that anyone can do remastering and remaking a game is incredibly difficult no man totally i think that. we're like on like a we're in a certain like point in time where there's a, a variety of different developers have tried this from different points of view like the crash stuff the spyro stuff the mass effect stuff the mafia stuff like it's just all these different ways to take old stuff and i think if you've got a series of games like on the gameplay side you should be retroactively applying those later lessons learned in the older ones um, and then touching up the graphics touching up the the feel of those games so they feel modern overall but yeah it's a massive like unfolding thing i think it's fascinating i think that the amount um of like sheer nostalgia people have for these games is obviously what they thought they could cash in on um, and i'll be very curious what to, to see what the um like post weekend sales are like after the next few days um because the general reception is very negative like mixed to negative with a lot of people um just saying i'm gonna hold on i'm gonna wait um especially on switch that thing is a blurry abomination but it's um we'll see how it goes we'll, we'll keep playing stuff i'm not back in and although i'll be on the i'll be on the main podcast next wednesday so um which by the time you hear this it'll be in two days time and i'll, I'll have been to london i'll be there and back but um but yes for now this has been the wind up enjoy your week i've been scott tilford joined by josh brown enjoy your week as well enjoy it all the time we'll catch you next week bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.